podcast. We are going back to podcasting, so good morning to our podcast folks. We haven't podcasted since before my mom passed away, um, so we are back to normal, sort of, as normal as I can be. Um, anyway, okay, so we're going to call the state of high watch your perfect equilibrium, your perfect peace when you are feeling like you're together, like you can conquer the world, like you have your wits about you, like everything is good. Um, and you know, you can kind of handle whatever comes your way, right? And so then something will happen. Um, somebody will say something to you, you'll read something, you'll see something, you'll get something in the mail, um, something will happen at work, something happens with your kids, and all of a sudden you're off your high watch. You're thrown into a state of like anxiety, panic, you're mad, um, <clears throat> you're feeling off kilter, um, you're just not feeling yourself, right? So we're going to call that being knocked off your high watch, okay? And what I want to know is what what happens then? So you're going along, you wake up in the morning, you're feeling good. The world right now is in a state of chaos anyway. So it's really important that we try to keep ourselves in equilibrium, in a place of peace, because your personal power comes from you being in a place of peace. Your personal power comes from you having equilibrium, okay? Having your equilibrium balanced, let's call it. Because when you're upset, when you're agitated, when you're angry, when you're reactive, you don't have control at that point. The circumstances at that point have control um, over you. And that's a situation that I really want to help you try to avoid. Because when that happens, you are now at effect of everything that's happening around you, which is not a powerful place to be, right? So... When you get thrown off your high watch, and I'm calling it high watch because um, I saw it in one of my mom's journals. She was reading Emma Curtis Hopkins and she was talking about it in her journal. Um, it's a term that I like and I think that I can um, turn it into a term that I use for you guys. So I'm calling high watch like a state of grace. You are peaceful. You realize that you've got it. You're in feeling in control of what's happening. Um, or in control of yourself in response to what's happening, let's say, because as we know, we really can't truthfully control anything except ourselves and our own behavior. So <clears throat> when you're on your high watch, you're observing, right? You're watching what's happening, things are happening, you, um, you are able to respond to them instead of react, you are able to sort of take a breath and look and see what it is and see what your best plan of action is and your best response. When you get knocked off your high watch, you're literally like down in the mud, freaking out, having anxiety, getting pissed off, getting agitated, being reactive. You know what I'm talking about. You're all of a sudden, you're like, <sighs> like that, right? Instead of just calm and being on your high watch doesn't necessarily mean that everything is going the way that you want it to, so to speak. It just means that you realize that the power lies with you. 
that you can change the way you're looking at it, that you can change your attitude towards it, that you can change your response to it, and then that can change the outcome of whatever it is, okay? So <clears throat> when you're knocked off your high watch, your, um, your, I'm sorry, I'm just reading stuff as it's coming in, which I shouldn't be trying to do when I'm talking to you. <laughs> Um, when you're knocked off your high watch, you're at effect of everything, okay? And this is what I want to try to have you avoiding or, or being conscious of. So you have the ability to respond instead of react. You have the ability to look at something, assess that, and then figure out your plan of action and your response, like I said. So when you when you are knocked off your high watch, it actually costs you a lot because it costs you your peace, it costs you your equilibrium, and it also throws you into a very reactive state, which as we know, because we talk about this all the time together, when you're in a reactive state, nothing good can come from that. So. I want you to really think about this week, what you allow to knock you off your high watch and then what the cost of that is to you. Um, and you can catch yourself. I'll give you an example. Um, a lot of people right now, uh, family and friends and whatever, have a lot of opinions about everything in regards to my mom's passing. So um, we've gone into my mom's house to help my stepfather uh, mitigate a big mess over there. So we're cleaning things out, we're painting a few rooms, and we're, we are organizing and all of that. And so we have a family member that never has anything to say, and when they do have something to say, it's not very supportive. So this person texts me yesterday, gives me an opinion about, you know, what we're painting and cleaning and I literally was in my car, I responded, I typed up six different responses, none of which were nice, all of which were reactive. I deleted all of them. I didn't send anything, but I literally, like, knowing what I know and, and knowing what I teach, and I still was in the car, I was completely thrown off my high watch, I was completely annoyed. I was like, bah, 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 and then I just, read it and I was like, eh, and I deleted it. And then I was like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, mm, no, deleted it six times, six, six times. <laughs> and then I just, you know how on an iPhone you can just swipe the message and delete the whole thing. So I deleted the whole thing and I had been driving when the person texted me in the first place. So the response to that person was already like, sorry, I'm driving. I can't answer you. So I just left it at that, and I, and that was the end of it. I, I didn't respond anymore. Um, <laughs> but I just, like, I just want to share with you, like, even though I've been practicing this stuff since I was 11, and I consider myself pretty adept, I still, six times I had to stop myself yesterday in the course of, like, 15 minutes, because I put the phone down, and then I was like, son of a... <laughs> just like nope. So anyway, that is an example of getting thrown. Allie, hi, Christopher, hi. Um, that is an example of getting thrown off your high watch. Okay, when you allow yourself to kind of get into the mud and the muck with you know 
whoever might be bothering you or whoever's opinion you might be, you know, suffering from or whatever. Um, the other thing that I'm learning this week is, you know, about something that my mom always told me and my grandfather always told both of us was, and something I tell you guys all the time, watch people's actions. Do not listen really to what they say, watch what they do, and that will tell you everything that you need to know about them. And then be careful, right, about how you are being for them, doing for them. Be careful of that tendency to rescue and save and, you know, all of that. So boundaries are a really good thing. It's not bad to have boundaries and it's really good to pay attention. When you want to rescue, save, and help someone, please take a look at like that person's history and um, you know, like how their life is and what their circumstances have been because that's going to tell you a lot about what, what change they're able to make, right? Because if someone is really ingrained in a behavior and that's the behavior that they've been doing for a really long time, just because you go in and blow that out of the water and try to help them fix them or save them, it doesn't mean that anything over there is going to change. You'll change it temporarily, like you might mitigate a mess or clean something up temporarily. Real lasting change has to be something that the other person wants. It, we cannot make someone change. We cannot save anyone. We cannot rescue them. And we cannot force them to change. So this is a good thing to remember because sometimes what can throw you off your high watch is going in there and trying to rescue and save someone and then they are going to get resentful because they didn't really ask you for your help or they're not going to change and then you're going to get agitated and reactive and you know really that whole kind of situation is caused by us right because we're going in there like why would someone want to sit in the middle of a messy house? Like, of course they want me to clean it. Of course they want me to throw out their junk. Of course they want me to rip up the carpet that's, you know, moldy from the plant that fell 60 years ago. Maybe they don't. <laughs> maybe they like it. You know, maybe they do. So, um, you know, in situations like that, you may feel compelled to do, you know, a particular piece of something and then you really need to assess and evaluate like how much more and and did anybody ask you? Did anyone ask you for your help? Um, did anyone say that they wanted to change? <laughs> did, it, did anyone tell you, please come save me? Or did you just run in there and you know determine that you were gonna make it better so i have a terrible terrible habit of of doing that of running in and when i see something that's wrong especially um with someone that's close to me i have a terribly bad habit of running in there and wanting to fix everything and save everybody and make it better and it's taken me, and I'm still learning, I'm 52, it's taken me a long time and obviously still going to take me even longer to recognize that not everybody, you know, wants my help. 
<laughs> Imagine that. Not everybody wants to fix their shit. <gasps> Who would have thought? So be conscious of the behavior that is um, rampant in the people around you. Watch what they do. Watch how they're living their life when you're not looking in the window, so to speak. Watch what their personal habits are and, and how they conduct themselves and you know what's happening around them. Like, Be conscious of what's over there because their actions and what is surrounding them is really who they are that's really going to tell you the story because anybody can say anything out of their mouth to you and most times people will tell you what you want to hear um very important that you watch what they do and and you pay close attention to what they do um not everybody wants to change sometimes people need um a little bit of a push because they're unable to ask for help if they're in the middle of an emotional circumstance or or a catastrophic circumstance so so be sensitive right that's what I've had to learn here like I I saw things that needed to be done there's a whole let's just say there's like this much that needs to be done over there and my stepdad can take about this much and we're pretty much this week we'll be at the limit of the box called this much and and we're just gonna leave it now and um and it's it's been what mom passed away on august 26th so it's it's been a little you know been a little bit over a month and it's taken me you know to see like where where we need to help because there's help really required and then where I would be pushing kind of my own agenda because I'm a super like OCD clean freak person and um, although if you saw my desk right now you probably wouldn't think that <clears throat> so um, when I think Allie or somebody just said when you offer help and the people don't want it, they will actually become resentful, right? So really be sensitive. And and this all relates back to like getting knocked off your high watch because people's reactions and people's responses to us can knock us off our perfect peace, off our high watch, can knock us right into the mud and then we get to choose. We get to choose if we're going to be reactive in in conjunction with their reaction or are we going to take a breath kind of look at our own behavior, see where we can alter it and back up a little bit so that we're not overstepping. So I really want to share that with you guys because I'm in the middle of all that for myself and I, I think it's a valuable thing to say and a valuable thing to share. Like to understand that just because we have a particular opinion or we have a particular assessment or judgment doesn't necessarily mean that the other people see it that way. It's important for us to look over at the other people and see how they're behaving and see what their actions are and then understand where they're at from what we're observing, right? 
Because people will tell you anything. They can say anything out of their mouth, but their habits and their actions and their history will tell you everything that you need to know about what's going on with them. So pay attention. And then be careful. Be careful with your own setting your own boundaries and and taking care of yourself also. Really an important piece. Making sure that you're doing everything that you can to maintain your high watch, that you're taking care of yourself, taking the time that you need, that you're not overgiving, overdoing, overcompensating, all of that, overhelping. Even with your kids, see what belongs to you and what doesn't. And, and just keep, like, that's a constant conversation, by the way. That is not something that you're going to, like, say to yourself, oh, blah, 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 and then it's going to be fixed because it it's not. A constant conversation with yourself is, you know, am I, okay, what about this situation? Am I overgiving? Am I overdoing? Am I over, you know, compensating? Am I like that? Like, you're, it's always like a constant evaluation, a constant conversation with yourself. And a constant assessment of like, okay, how am I? Am I, am I in equilibrium? Am I at peace? What's disturbing my peace? Why is that? What can I do about that? How can I change that? Do I need to draw a line? Do I need to make a boundary? Am I exhausting my energy trying to fix and save someone else? <clears throat> constant conversations to have with yourself, really. Um, ongoing conversations to have with yourself for sure so this week I would encourage you to do a couple of things one just kind of take an evaluation of what throws you off your game what throws you off your high watch what kind of knocks you into the mud with everybody else and how much does that cost you when you allow that to happen and then just take a look at how people, you know, what other people's actions are in regards to how they behave, how they interact with you, and tailor your behavior accordingly. Really take a good look at the people that you surround yourself with. Take a good look at the kind of conversations that they're having. Take a good look at their habits and how they conduct themselves, especially when we our circles are kind of um, condensed right now because, um, thank you, Christopher. Christopher likes the quilt on my chair. It's one of my mom's quilts. She made quilts um, as a hobby. I have them all over my house, actually. I actually quilt also. Um, Take a look at people's behavior around you. And as I was saying, we kind of have a condensed group right now around us because um, of, you know, what's going on in the world and we're kind of all, you know, pulled in a little bit. Caroline is saying, and take a look at what other people bring to the table. Excellent point. What are they contributing? It doesn't have to be monetary or, or material. What do they contribute to you? Like, when you talk to somebody, you know, when you're having someone, a conversation, do you walk away feeling enlivened or do you walk away feeling like somebody just threw up all over you? What, how do you feel when you're with certain people? Like what's the energy that they're bringing to you? And you know, what are they bringing to the table to Caroline's point? What are they contributing? Um, 
I think lots of times we go around and we're like, you know, we have an agenda. Um, and then we just like go and do our agenda and we forget to take a look at how people are interacting and behaving with us. Caroline is saying, what qualities do they bring to your energy? Which is also an excellent point. Um, energy is a very real thing. And when your energy gets zapped or when someone's energy uh, doesn't match yours, Jen is saying, how do you realize when someone is not matching your energy and you don't think they're beneficial? So there's a way to b back up from stuff without like making a big announcement like I'm staying away from you or you know if it's a romantic thing it's a little bit more difficult because obviously if you start backing up the person's going to start probably freaking out if they don't want to back off the relationship. It's really important that you pay attention to how you feel inside when you're around certain people because energy is a real thing and people's energy and to Caroline's point right there, if you feel drained in their presence or all of a sudden you come home from being wherever you were and you feel shitty or you feel anxiety or all of a sudden you're fearful and you're not normally a fearful person, like you can pick up other people's energy and there are ways to clear your energy and you can look that stuff up online. I'm not going to start talking about that stuff because um, I'm going to stay on topic. So there's plenty of ways to clear your the energy of your space and to clear your own personal energy. Be really conscious of, you know, how you feel when you're around other people and um, how you feel when you come back from being with other people. Lisa is reminding us that their calls and texts um, also can be draining on you. So don't be afraid to put your foot down on stuff. Don't be afraid to back up and back away from something that's draining your energy. Right now, with the world as crazy as it is out there, it is really important that you try to stay on what I'm calling your high watch, that you try to really stay um, you know, at peace with your personal power intact, when you are doing your personal work, be it like affirmations or prayer or, you know, whatever it is that makes you feel like you have control over yourself and your responses to things. I call it doing something to bookend when I'm, when I'm coaching a client. I encourage them to bookend their days with, you know, something in the morning that centers them and something at night that centers them. And for, for everybody, that's different. It can be... It can be a God thing, it can be a universal energy thing, it can be reading a book that's positive, it could be doing a gratitude journal, it could be making a list for the day, whatever personally, could be yoga, whatever personally has you feeling like, okay, I'm good, I've got this. When you bookend your days at the beginning at the end, and at the end, um, you are much more able to respond to things that happen during the day rather than react to them. And responding to things, of course, is where your power lies. When you are a reaction, when you're thrown off your high watch into the muck and you're just kind of down there, you don't have any power at that point because you have given all your power to either another person or a circumstance around you or any of the above.
So this week, take a really good look at what is throwing you off your high watch and what that is costing you and where you can change that up and where you can draw some lines and make some boundaries and maybe pull away from some things that aren't really serving you. And remember, not everybody wants to be helped. Not everybody wants to be in control of themselves. Not everyone wants to be positive, you know? Not everybody wants to change. So, um, there you have it. All right. Go visit theworkingsinglemom.com. Last week I talked about a little box that my mom made me a decade ago. She put all these little messages in it and she folded them up and she told me that um, if I ever needed her advice and she wasn't around, I could go to the box. She called it a divine order box. We made a little booklet. I have one this week. Last week I didn't have the booklet. Um, that's a picture of the box right there and those are the little messages that are inside of it. Um, and that's a picture of me about a month ago and that's a picture of my mom when she was in her 20s. So we actually, I had these printed for friends and family but we actually turned it into a free downloadable file off the website. There's nine days worth of messages from the box and my commentary on them. Um, for instance, the first day's message was a good time for laughing is when you can. Um, so you can go to theworkingsinglemom.com. If you go over to the right-hand side, there's a picture of the box, and you just click that, and um, you can download the file for free. It's a PDF, and I think you will. I think you'll enjoy it. So that was for um, for you strictly for you guys and to inspire um, and to just share that gift with you, and also also share the idea that you might want to do that for your children. Um, because it's been a comfort to me at this particular time. The other thing is, for those of you that don't know, um, I turned my mom's little sole proprietorship into a sister company of mine called Wonderworks Studio. Um, that was the name of her sole proprietorship, and it is now an LLC, which I own. And we are going to continue to publish. She published and taught success principles and prosperity principles for over four decades. We are going to continue that. I'm going to do free classes. I'm putting together a body of work, a class series called Practical Prosperity, which I will teach for free. I will do it through video. Um, we'll put them up on Facebook and they'll also be available on our YouTube channel and those will be completely free to you guys to share the work with you. And I am putting together a gratitude workbook for teens, for kids from about 8 to eight to 15, 16 is my target audience. And um, when I looked at what is the biggest impact that I could make with my work and my mom's work, I decided that it would be to help you talk to your kids about how they can change their lives by changing their perspectives. I feel like that's... A really important thing. My mom's original work started with children. She was the art director for the Boys Clubs of Boston for many years when I was small. Um, she did lots of amazing work with kids and so 
in her honor, I'm going to circle back and uh, I'm going to start publishing some books for age group, middle, like middle, is that middle school age group, middle school freshmen, like that. Um, so my target age is like 8 to 16. If you guys have any comments on the target age, um, you know, let me know. Um, so I think that's our best age group. I feel like at that age, they're old enough to sort of understand new concepts, but not too much into the teen years to be like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. So I feel like that's, I feel like that's a good age. That's when I started to learn prosperity principles from my mother. I was 11. I started to study this stuff at 11. Um, so I feel like that's a good place to start. Um, a little earlier than that, maybe, like I said, nine, eight, nine to, um, about 15, 16. Anyway, those are the plans for the future. Um, so I am putting together this workbook, which I'm hoping to get out so that you can get it for your kids for Christmas. Um, so we'll see how I do. <laughs> um, anyway, I'll share with you the process as we go along. So have a great week. Let's uh, say goodbye to our podcast folks here first. Go visit theworkingsinglemom.com, everybody. Download that file for free for yourselves. We'll say goodbye to our podcast people here.